Thank you, Charity. I trust that's the desire of your heart for the Lord to have his way in your life. Just remind you, this is a one-time deal. Wednesday night for the teens of dots and whoever else wants to come. Informal discussion on faith versus evidence. Must we be able to prove Christianity to be correct? Do people struggle with Christianity to, due to lack of evidence? And in light of some reading I've done, people I've heard speak, and just the whole issue of apologetics, now, must we be able to prove Christianity? Or is it an issue of faith, or is it a combination of both, and so on? And we'll seek to interact on in that uh, informally on Wednesday evening. Continuing our discussion tonight, on in Christ, or you can't live the Christian life, or freedom in Christ. And I posed this question before, and I'm posing it again. By the way, does anyone want notes that didn't get notes? Can the believer, or can you, live the Christian life? And I think we're coming to the conclusion we cannot. Christ is our life. We respond to Christ and what he has done. We're responders to his grace. So tonight we want to contrast you can and you can't. And first of all, let's begin by looking at some examples from Scripture. We'll turn to Leviticus chapter 10. Leviticus chapter 10. And remember that Israel has exited Egypt. The Mosaic law has been given. God has given specific instructions concerning worship and how worship is to take place. And in Exodus chapter, I'm sorry, Leviticus chapter 10, verse 1, Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, took their censers, put fire in them, and added incense. And they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. So fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Moses then said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke when he said, Among those who approach me, I will show myself holy. In the sight of all people, I will be honored. Aaron remained silent. Two sons of Aaron had been given instructions concerning worship, how worship was to take place. Rather than thinking, we can't, they said, we can. They went their own route, claiming they could have worship their way. And God dealt very severely with them. And fire came up from the presence of the Lord and consumed them. We can. God said, you can't. Another example, we won't turn to any particular passage. But remember Moses, soon after the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they were without water and God said, strike the rock. And he did. Later, years later in his ministry, Israel again needed some water, and God told him to speak to the rock. And what did he do? He struck it twice. I can, 
And there was a consequence on the part of Moses. Let's turn to Isaiah. As you think about the prophets confronting Israel, Israel's I can displayed over and over and over again in Isaiah through Malachi. But in Isaiah chapter 1, Isaiah chapter 1, and some of Israel's problems began when they were in the wilderness. And while they were in the wilderness, when Moses was on the mountain, they they set up the golden calf. In many respects, a lot can be traced back to that false worship. They chose to say, we can our way. And when we get to Isaiah, chapter 1 and verse 2, Isaiah says, speaking for the Lord, Hear, O heavens, listen to earth. For the Lord has spoken. I reared reared children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows his master, the donkey his own manger, but Israel does not know. My, My people do not understand. Ah, sinful nation, a people loaded with guilt, a brood of evildoers, children given to corruption. They have forsaken the Lord and have spurned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on Him. The Lord is speaking of God or His chosen people. Rebelled against the Lord. Israel didn't know the Lord. They don't understand. They're a sinful nation. They're loaded with guilt, a brood of evildoers. Why? Because we can. Resisting God, going their way rather than saying, we can't. Turn over to the last book in the Old Testament. The Jews have returned from captivity. Malachi, the last prophet until Christ came on the scene, says some strong things. Even though they came back from captivity, they still didn't get on track with God. Malachi 1, verses 6. We're beginning with verse 6. A son honors his, honors his father and a servant his master. If I'm a father, where is the honor due me? If I'm a master, where is the respect due me? Says the Lord Almighty. It is you, O priest, who show contempt for my name. Now notice, it's you, O priest, the leaders. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? You place defiled food in my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you bring blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice crippled or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. Again, confronting them because what is happening, we can. Rather than... We can't. Take our Bibles and turn to Matthew. As Jesus confronts leaders, Matthew chapter 23, some 400 years after Malachi, Jesus is on the scene. We won't read the entire chapter, but he's rebuking the religious leaders. Let's pick up with verse 13. 
Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor let those enter who are trying to. That would be like Jesus saying to someone today, Pastor Dan, Jeff, Travis, Scott, Pastor Jeremiah on the radio, Woe to you, you hypocrites. These are the religious leaders, the religious teachers, and he's saying, woe to you. Verse 15, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. Woe to you blind guides. You say, if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he is bound by his oath. You blind fools. Which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? And, you know, he goes on. Comes down very hard on them. What were they doing? We can. We'll do it our way. Rather than we can't. You go to the epistles in Christ. is mentioned over and over again. Look at Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 1 and 2 are very, very strong on Christ and who he is because the Colossians were being bombarded with a teaching that said, you have to do something. You have to go through a series of beings to get to God. And Paul says, no, it's Christ. And Christ alone. And in Colossians 2 and verse 6. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thanksgiving. So the teachers, the false teachers that were trying to confuse the Colossians, were willing to say, Oh, you came to faith or came to Christ in faith, but now you have to do something else. And Paul says, Stop. You came to relationship with God through Christ by faith. You live day by day by faith. You can't live the Christian life. It's by faith, by faith in Christ. We won't turn here, but in Revelation chapter 1, 1 through 3, Paul talks about, not Paul, Christ. John is writing, but revealing Christ. Talks about just revealing Christ. That's Christ. As you think about I can and I can't, a contrast, I can results in slavery. I can't results in freedom. I'll try to give some examples as we go through. Someone who says, I choose not to forgive becomes a slave to the person they won't forgive. The person says, I can't forgive, but by Christ's power I will. They become free. See, we go our own way, we become slaves. When we say I can't and go God's way, that brings 
freedom. I can as a duty. I can't as delight and desire. The Pharisees said, I can. And what happened? All kinds of duty. Got to do this, got to do that, got to do the next thing. Just duty. So I have to read my Bible tomorrow to have a good day. I can do that. How about saying, I can't. I read scripture tomorrow so that I come to know Christ. I delight in him. There's a big difference. See, if we read our Bible to have a good day, that's I can. We read and study scripture to enjoy and come to know Christ and come to know God. That's a totally different picture. I'm not opposed to reading the Bible, by the way. The heart makes a difference. Number three, I can is try. I can't is rely. How many times have we said, well, try to do better? Ruth Ann asked me, I think it was a week ago. She said, uh, Dan, how are you doing? Well, I said, I'm trying to rest in Christ. She said, trying? I said, I'll delete the word trying. I'll just say I'm resting in Christ. How many times do we try to say, I'll not, try not to worry tomorrow? Rather than saying, Lord, I don't want to worry tomorrow, but I don't have the ability not to worry tomorrow, so keep me sensitive when I worry just to cast my cares upon you. But I can't handle it myself. Number four. I can brings guilt, whereas I can't brings an understanding of acceptance. How many times do we as believers tend to sit around and dwell on how we failed? I blew it, I blew it. That's guilt. Versus, I can't handle this, I did blow it, but in Christ I'm accepted, I'm forgiven, I'm going to go on with life. <coughs> Look at what Christ did in my life. So that frees us to admit when we sin. Just so different. And number five, I can, the focus is on measure up. I can't, already measured up. How many children go through life, they become adults, and they live their life wondering if they ever measured up to mom and dad? How many believers live that way, wondering if they measured up to God? I can. Versus I can't. I can't do a thing. It's all dependent upon Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 30 and 31, it talks about Christ. He's our redemption, our righteousness, our holiness. So when the devil whispers in our ear and says, you really blew it, and you did blow it, you say, yes, I really did blow it. But have forgiveness in Christ. Take a hike. We're ready measured up. We can't do anything to be measured up anymore. So that's free. 
I respond to that grace. Just as children many times, and depends on the child, but as they know they're loved and accepted by mom and dad, that tends to free them to stop trying to measure up and accept that they're already accepted and respond to that. Some kids still don't respond to that, just as some of God's kids don't respond. But it brings freedom. Number six, I can is work. The focus is on you. Whereas I can't is faith. I got to work hard. I got to be kind. I got to forgive. I got to do. God says, you're complete in Christ. When I ask you to respond in a certain way, I give you the grace to do that. So, Lord, I want to be kind. I want to be forgiving, but I can't. Christ is my life. Number seven, I can results in being weary and frustration. You just don't know how you stand. How do I stand before God? I'm not sure. Did I do enough? Well, how do I stand before other people? I'm not sure. Did I do enough? You know, that becomes weary. You don't know how you stand. You constantly question. In contrast to joy, because you know that you are complete in Christ. You can't be given anymore. You're complete. That's joy. Christ is our righteousness, our holiness, our redemption. He's provided victory over sin. See, the ones brings weariness, frustration. I've talked to far too many religious people in my lifetime. When I say I've talked to far too many in the sense that it can be discouraging, they're always weary, they're frustrated because they're trying. They're not sure they've done enough. In contrast to joy, I can say to them, you ever consider that I'm already a saint? I don't have to wait to become one. It must be because you're a preacher now. I'm a saint. What do you mean you're a saint? Well, I'm not only a saint, I'm totally forgiven. What if you don't ask for forgiveness? My forgiveness doesn't depend on me. You're a little wacko? No, I'm in Christ. See, I have joy. Number eight. Ties in again with what we said along the way. There's a doing. Keep at it. Did I pray enough? Did I read my Bible enough? Versus done. It's completed. I don't have to do a thing. I don't have to do a thing. What's the difference? Responding to God's grace. I want to do. I want to respond. Again, the contrast is very, very great. Number nine. I can is outward. I can is being the character, the desires, the attitude. Boy, look at my resume. Paul said, I had a good resume. You know, I was a tribe of Benjamin, you know, and he went on all the things that he did. And he said, I count that as rubbish because I want to know Christ. I want to know him. The Pharisees could say, look at all our actions. 
I pray, I go to the temple. And the Christian would say, I can't give you my resume, but I can give you my standing because of Christ. That transforms the inside from the inside out. And again, there's overlap in some of these. I can is a striving and effort. I can is a resting. I can, a striving and effort that focuses on self. I got to strive to do this. I got to do better. You know, I haven't been doing very good in obeying mom and dad. I need to, you know, work a little more and be a little more obedient. Still worrying. I got to work at that. It's just a striving. That stands in contrast to saying, Lord, I struggle with obeying mom and dad. You know, sometimes I think mom and dad are really just kind of way out in left field. But you call me to obey, and Christ is my life. I want to obey. It changes perspective. Number 11, responsibility. I must do in contrast to responding. Over the years, I've talked to quite a few husbands that uh, struggle with their wives. You know, their wives just aren't responding to them quite right, and you know, they moan and groan and complain about that. And what can I do to get my wife to be what she's supposed to be and follow me and so on? How can I get her to be responsible? I think one of the better answers is give up. Quit trying. Love her. She might take advantage of me. Love her. Lead her. Let her respond to your love. See, God doesn't give us a whole big long list that we must do. He says it's done. We respond to that grace. He doesn't say, you've got all these responsibilities. He says, you have this complete acceptance. Respond to what you already have. We're all a difference. We try to get someone to respond. Just love them, care for them. It's not your responsibility. Respond to them biblically. So we're responders as believers. Think about the husband-wife relationship. Adam made Eve. Adam didn't make Eve. God made Adam to lead. To care for Eve. She responds to that. Now think about Christ and the church. Christ loves the church. He has provided everything that the church needs to live godly. And he asks the church to respond to that. He doesn't say, here's a whole list of responsibilities. He says, here's what I've done for you in grace. Now I'm calling you to respond to my grace. 
You follow me on that or am I losing you? I'm just reading some expressions, you know, I'm not sure. (laughs) We're to be responding to His grace. Well, you say He tells us what to do in the epistles. Yes, but that comes after what He tells us we have in grace. He's saying, respond to my grace. Number 12. I can ties in with a position. Whereas I can't ties in with a relationship. See, your position is through effort, and I have to maintain it. So I'm the pastor around here. I've got to make sure I maintain control here, and I exercise my role as a pastor and maintain my position. That's much different than saying, I have a relationship with Christ. I have a relationship with people. I'm to walk ahead and lead them. I don't have a position. I have a relationship. Much, much different. See, we have a relationship. We're already in God's family. Through Christ, we don't have to perform to get in. You're talking to a religious person sometime and uh, just say, do you have a relationship with God? Well, I hope so. I think so. Are you going to heaven when you die? I hope so. I think so, but I'm not sure. What do you mean you hope so? You don't know if you are? I'm not sure I am. You don't know if you have a relationship with God? No. Well, why not? Well, I'm not sure I've done enough. Hmm. Where does the Bible tell you you have to do things to get a relationship with God? I'm not just hand in the Bible and say, where does it say that? And after they search diligently for days, you just say, the Bible doesn't say you have to do anything to have a relationship with God. You trust in a substitute. So again, world of difference. It's a relationship. An enablement from within is I can. I can do this. I can do this in contrast to enablement from without. If you were in the men's class this morning, the DVD, you know, speaker had some things to say about the husband-wife relationship. We won't go into that, you know, now. I wish early in my marriage... I would have recognized I can't love Ruthann. He says there's something about her that you can't love her. She's not the problem. I am. I was a selfish guy when I didn't get married, and I'm not saying I am not now. I wanted it my way. We're going to eat it. Six o'clock, let's eat at six o'clock, not one minute after. If she doesn't respond the way I think she should, then she should change, you know. So I could try to love her, you know. She doesn't always do things the way she's supposed to. Well, according to my standard. So if early on I would have said, God, you know, I can't love this woman. Not her, it's me. I'm just a selfish guy. I'm proudful. 
love her through me. It would have made a world of difference. So I don't have to win the argument anymore. I don't have to prove myself right. What's it gain? Am I loving her? Am I leading her? Am I teaching her? Again, we don't have the enablement. It comes from without. Number 14, conditional acceptance. I can, there's a conditional acceptance. You must do the correct items. Well, you can't worry. You must be kind. And if you don't do these, God puts a little black check against you. But if we recognize we can't, it's of Christ, there's unconditional acceptance. I'm adopted. I'm a child of God. I can't become unadopted. I want to be kind in light of God's grace. But I blow it sometimes. I'm not always kind. And God says, I just want you to know I still accept you. I still love you. I still give you the grace to respond in a correct way. Again, worlds, worlds apart. Number 15, I can is an earn. It's a wage. I can't. We receive a gift. The average person you talk to about God, they'll say, I do this, I do this, I do this. It's rare to hear someone say, I can't do a thing to merit a relationship with God. It's all of Christ. Worlds apart. Talking to a guy in the last couple months and uh, talking to him about the Lord and, well, he said, I don't think God can accept me. And I said, why can't God accept you? And he gave me his reasons. I said, your reasons are right. What you said about yourself is true. You are pretty bad. You're pretty terrible. I agree with you. Didn't debate it. What he said was bad. <laughs> I said, God can forgive that in Christ. You don't earn God a relationship with God. You receive it as a gift. And you continue to enjoy that along the way. So in relation to that, you go off to work tomorrow or school Tuesday. God, I just want to honor you in the way I work and listen in school today. I want to respond to the grace that you've already given to me. Number 16, I can punishment got to pay for your sins. Make people pay. That stands in contrast to God disciplining us in love and in grace. When we think we can live the Christian life, then there has to be punishment for sin. When we say we can't, we come through Christ... And then God in grace disciplines us to mature us. Big difference between punishment and discipline. The focus of punishment is paying for what you did wrong. The focus of discipline is to move us to holiness. 
We discipline children to move them to holiness. We don't punish them for their wrong. We discipline them. See, punishment says, I'll make you pay. Discipline says, I want to help you become godly and holy. And I realize in our country, there's a need sometimes for those who commit crimes to be to suffer the consequences of their crime. But we have a punishment mindset for criminals rather than a discipline. We'll make you pay rather than we want to help you to deal with your sin, what you, the crime that you committed. And I'm not saying do away with prisons in any way, shape, or form. Number 15. I'm sorry, number 17. I'm looking at the wrong number here. I can, says, or is pride, look at me. I can, is humility, look at Christ. Again, big difference. Well, look at what I do versus look at what Christ has been doing in me. Thanks, God, for the joy of giving. God, I'm going to forgo this new item that I want just because I want to give money away. You know, you've been working in my life. You've been so good to me. I don't want anyone to know who I give it to either. No, just a humility. Number 18, I can, we tend to defend. I don't do wrong. I can't, we accept help. Asking you, as believers, how well do we accept help from others? Do we ask for help? Or do we defend when someone comes to us? And again, as you look at the examples or consider the examples we discussed earlier, you see defense versus accepting help. Accepting help says, I haven't arrived. Thanks for showing me what hinders my love for God. Stands in contrast to you're getting defensive when someone points out something in your life. Number 19, the issue is a resume. Look at me. Keep records on what you did. Whereas I can't, character develops. Look at what God is doing in me. So an example, resume. Someone says uh, to Travis, do you love your wife? And Travis says, yeah, I love my wife. What are you doing for your wife? Well, yesterday I did this, this, and this. And the day before I did these couple things. And Someone says, uh, Alan, do you love your wife? And Alan says, yeah, I love my wife. Well, how are you showing it? I'm not sure. I don't remember. What did you do for yesterday? I don't know. I know I loved her. You don't remember? No, I don't keep track of that. Because my focus is in Christ. I want my loving my wife to flow from Christ. And I'm not saying it's wrong to remember if you did something for your wife. That's not my point. 
But when your resume, you know, you keep, oh, I did this and I did this and I did that. Number 20, the focus is on self. Think much about self versus Christ, just enjoying Christ. How much time do we as believers sit around thinking or walk around thinking or drive around thinking, I should, I shouldn't have, I need not worry, I've been worrying too much. What are you doing? You're saying, I can. The focus is on you. Recently, some of us, God didn't, this wasn't an audible voice. It was almost the Spirit of God said, you know, Dan, what have you been thinking about the last 10 minutes? Well, I've been thinking about some things I wish I wouldn't have done. Oh, you've been walking in self. Well, if you want to put it that way, Spirit, I've been walking in self. Didn't I forgive you? Yeah. Don't I give you the grace to not think about yourself? Yeah. Well, then enjoy Christ. How much time we walk in self? I can. The focus is on us. Number 21. I can is a to-do list. Got to go to church. Got to read my Bible. Got to help my neighbor. I got to obey. No, you have that mental list of all that you have to do to measure up. That stands in contrast to just enjoying God. Saying, you know, God does want me to be kind. I want to be kind. And the Spirit prompts you to be kind when the opportunity is there. Things don't go real good at work, and the Spirit prompts you to respond in a certain way rather than having that list that you're dwelling on time and time again. We become responders. And then number 22, conditional. It depends on me and my performance. It ties in with what we said earlier versus unconditional. I'm free in Christ. I just want to respond. And again, I'm using a lot of terms. Don't get hung up on trying to memorize a list or anything like that. I'm just trying to contrast I can versus I can't. One I would add, I've heard over and over again, there are no free rides in the world. Yes, there are. Christ. Over and over, there's no free rides. That's the I can mentality. I can't. Yes, there's a free ride, but the expense was paid by Christ, not by me. I get a free ticket to relationship with God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and I go to be with Him in eternity. That's a free ride at someone else's cost. Again, just I can versus I can't. There are two ways to approach God, and I'm talking as believers. There are only two ways to live in responding to God. I can or I can't. Some concluding thoughts. Coming into a relationship with God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, the body of Christ, demands repentance. Turning from I can and faith, turning to I can't turning to faith in Christ. John 1, John 3, Romans 3, just tons of scriptures along that line. There's repentance, there is faith. That's how we come to a relationship with God. 
living in daily life, in daily relationship with God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the body of Christ, the world, demands repentance, turning from I can, and faith, I can't, that faith in Christ. So tomorrow morning, this is what I have to do today. I'm supposed to give an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. I'm to be kind. I'm to be loving. And you know you can list a host of other things. When you get to the end of your list, stop mentally and say, you know, I can't. I've been focusing on myself. Here's what I have in Christ. Yes, I'm to work hard at the job. I can't do that. It's Christ who is my life. I want to be obedient to mom and dad. I really can't handle that. Christ is at work in me. He is my life. I need to repent from thinking about all I have to do and put my faith in Christ. Again, it, we're dealing with a mental process in how we think and how we respond. Questions or comments? We wrap it up. Next week, we'll look a little at the freedom in Christ and living that out. We've been discussing that along the way, but looking at a little different angle. So I would encourage you, don't worry about trying to memorize anything that is on the list of 22 items we gave, but meditate on them at times. Maybe in your way to work tomorrow and way to school on Tuesday or you have a little time at home or you're talking as a family. Just talk or think a little about the contrast. Maybe take one or two and think about it. You know, do I live by duty or do I live by desire and delight? Do I try or do I rely? Just say, God, show me my life. Help me to think about what I think about, you know, how I live. And I find over and over again, I'm a pretty good trier. You know, I focus far too much on myself and you know, all that i got to do rather than on Christ. Let's pray together. Thanks, Father, for your grace, your goodness, your love. And we know that walking with you is a process of seeking to be responders to your grace, relying on Christ, experiencing your joy. We know that we don't arrive, we don't come to the point sometime in the future and say, well, I really fully understand I can't. It's a process in time. So help us, mature us. But we thank you that even as we're striving to be sensitive to you, in Christ we're measured up and have your acceptance. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen.